He has taken on our student ministries, our young adult ministries, a man of prayer, a man of evangelism, and what a treat and delight. Looking forward to seeing what the Lord is going to do through you this morning, Peter. Good morning, church. Good morning, online. It's exciting to get to uh, speak to a room so full. To um, start us off, where are my high school students at? High school students? Yep, yep. You guys are going to, uh, to recognize this then. Scramble this for me, Michael. For the last three Sundays uh, that we've met for high school ministry, I have attempted to solve this Rubik's Cube in no more than 20 seconds. I've been inspired by um, my housemate, Tanner Logan. Tanner, if you're watching from Texas, good to see you. This is for you. I um, have tried three times to solve this uh, bad boy here in 20 seconds. And high school students, how have I done? (laughs) Not so hot. But if at first you don't succeed, Try, try again in front of main service. Let's see, does this guy work? There we go. Guys, it is time for um, our final 20-second challenge. Michael, thank you for scrambling this thoroughly. So I'm going to hopefully see if I can get this timer going. Maybe pressing next is going to start it. And while I, um, while I solve, don't be afraid to, don't be shy to make a little noise if you want to give me a little encouragement. Kids, if once it gets down to five, if you want to count down out loud, five, four, three, two, one with me, I would love that. Um, is this going to start it? Nope, that's going to give away my next secret. Um, John, are you able to start this timer for me? Nope. All right, church, I need you guys together to count down with me from 20 down to zero. We are going to start in three, two, one, go. 20, 19, 18, 19, Let's hear a little encouragement. Thank you, Jay. Now, um, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give away something here. I, um, I didn't really try that hard the first time. And then I decided moving forward, I was going to try harder. And for the, the, the last three times, I have tried harder, tried my hardest to solve this Rubik's Cube. But unfortunately, it hasn't worked. And I think that's um, for one main reason. I have no idea how to solve a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) But I decided, you know, maybe if I just try harder uh, again and again and again, something will happen. And um, you're probably looking at me thinking, Peter, you are being ridiculous. Why do you think that just trying harder is going to change the result if you don't know how to do something, and even more specifically, if you're not training for it? And my friends, um, 
I have two things to say in response. One, if uh, you, especially high school students, for weeks now have been judging me, saying, Peter, you're ridiculous. You're not um, um, actually trying harder isn't going to work because you're not training. Um, my response to you would be, one, to acknowledge, yes, you're right, I am being ridiculous. But then also to ask you a question that Paul asks. You who judge others, do you judge yourself? Let me say that differently. Might it be true that some of us in this room are actually approaching relationship with God that same way? That some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, feel like most of following Jesus, um, or at least a lot of it, is coming to church or reading the Bible or going to a Bible study, seeing what it says and then saying, oh man, I guess I better try harder. Maybe you hear a sermon that talks about loving your enemies, and you look in your own heart and you're like, oh shoot, I got a long way to go in that. I guess this week I better try harder to love that person. You go to Bible study and you talk about evangelism and you say, oh man, I got a lot of fear in my heart. This week when I'm at work or when I'm with that non-Christian neighbor, I'm going to try harder to share the gospel with them. Or you hear that inspiring podcast um, that talks about praying continually and and you say, oh man, I have so far to go in praying continually. But this week, I'm going to try harder to pray continually. I'm going to put in a little more effort. And to the degree that that's true of us, as I know it is in my life sometimes, I think if we're honest, we might say, you know, sometimes that works, but a lot of the time, it just doesn't. A lot of the time, I'm actually going to take that Rubik's Cube back. We um, approach following Jesus like this. Man, maybe if I just uh, try to rearrange things a little bit, um, put in a little more effort this time, maybe this time it will be different. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some of us in this room who, after doing that many, many times, are feeling a little discouraged. Man, when I first heard that sermon, I thought I would really be able to change. When that idea was new to me, I was like, yes, I'm going to live that way. But now, I'm not sure. Or maybe some of us feel a little ashamed. Man, they seem to be able to do it, but when I try harder, it doesn't work. What's, what's wrong with me? Maybe some of us are even so far as kind of burned out, a little disillusioned with the whole thing. We say, man, the life of Jesus, is this really the joyful, peaceful, abundant life of real change that I read about in the Bible? Because every time I try harder, it doesn't seem to work too well. And my response to that is one, just acknowledge what Jesus says. He says in his word, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that probably leaves us asking the question, how do we experience that light, easy yoke? Or in the phrasing of Dallas Willard, what is the secret to the easy yoke of Jesus? And this morning I would like to suggest that the secret, if you could say that, to the easy yoke of Jesus is none other than the secret of the Rubik's. Change comes not just from trying harder, but from training well. 
If I had gone home and asked uh, Tanner to start training me how to solve a Rubik's Cube, then maybe I wouldn't have made a fool of myself up in front of everyone. But if I approach life with the Rubik's Cube or life with God as just another place to try harder, I'm afraid I'm setting myself up for a lot of disillusionment, discouragement, um, and even a sense of emptiness because I haven't yet learned that change comes not just from trying harder, but from training well. Our text this morning, you can uh, flip to it now if you'd like, is uh, 1 Timothy 4. We're going to be mainly in verse 7. And it's going to illuminate the path of following Jesus in these four simple words, train yourself for godliness. And my hope this morning is that this message will be an invitation to go on a journey of training ourselves for godliness. It will be an opportunity to remember we don't just have to go to church, walk away and say, I'm going to try harder. But there is a path of freedom before us. There is a path of the hope of real change if we can learn to not just try harder, but to train well, to train ourselves for godliness. So um, if you'd like a little preview of our message, if you're a note taker, um, I'm going to be asking two main questions. What is training for godliness like? We're going to see an image in 1 Timothy 4 that will give us some insight into what training for godliness is like. And then secondly, how do we train for godliness? What are some practical things we can do to train ourselves so we can actually see change in our lives? And as we look at that second question, we're going to be um, going through, or I'm going to be sharing some stories of some ways people in our congregation are training themselves for godliness. And they'll be sharing some about the effects that has had on their life. So I'm going to be answering both of these two questions um, in four statements. If we have time, high school students, you know I tend to run out of time and not finish my outline, but that's okay. We'll see how far we get. Um, At least three statements, maybe four, um, that start with the phrase, training for godliness one, two, three, four, from, from there. But before we begin um, and look at First Timothy, why don't we just ask God that he would use this space to show us how he wants to train us for godliness. So Father, we pause just to invite you here, Lord. You say in your word, apart from you, we can do nothing. I ask that you take us on a journey of training ourselves by your spirit for godliness. Teach us today what the path of training for godliness is like. Call us into freedom and victory, Lord. Fill me with the spirit, fill us with the spirit. Remind us to be praying even as we go through this uh, service. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just remind you, prayer doesn't just have to be the thing you start with and end with. Um, At any point when you remember, why don't you just pray in your own heart during this message, Lord, teach me to train for godliness. Let's start with our main text, um, 1 Timothy 4. I'm going to put it up on the screen. This is what um, Timothy and uh, Paul instructs the young pastor Timothy. He says this, Lord, teach us. Context, he's just... um, Uh, refuted some false ideas and given some truth, and then he says this, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. 
Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, rather, our key phrase. Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Timothy, teach the truth, and beyond that, train yourself for godliness. For, he gives an image, bodily training, it's helpful to a degree, but training in godliness, which is similar, will last forever. So the first thing I want to very simply say is that training for godliness is like training for physical fitness. Training for godliness is like training for physical fitness. We see that image here, and we're going to see a second text that builds on that image. But before we do, um, I think it's time for a little competition on stage. So I'm going to um, invite two junior high girls to come on forth, Peyton and Avi, to compete in our 25-pound challenge. I hope this uh, doesn't feel that sturdy. So girls, here's how the 25-pound challenge is going to work. I'm going to put this 25-pound dumbbell right here. And you are going to walk up to it one at a time. Grab it while keeping a straight back and not straining yourself. Lift it up to your shoulder, back down to your waist, set it down. Peyton, are you willing to be our first contestant? Let's give it up for Peyton! Go ahead and uh, begin our 25-pound challenge. Careful, you're back there. And lift! Lift! Great try, Peyton. Give it up for Peyton! High five. Abby, you're up to begin our, uh, or begin your attempt at our 25-pound challenge. Give it up for Abby! Abby! Oh! Oh! So close! Well done, Abby! Now I want to ask you guys something. Does life with Jesus ever feel like this? Forgive my enemies? Don't be anxious about anything? Maybe if I just try harder, things will be different this time. Or maybe not. Now, girls, I'm going to tell you something. This competition actually doesn't have to end today. The first um, person of you who at any point in time comes up to me with a 25-pound dumbbell says, Peter, I have mastered the 25-pound challenge and can lift it from your waist to your uh, shoulder. will be the winner, and I will tell you, well done, good and faithful contestant. (laughs) So um, since this competition is, is kind of continuous, I'm going to give you guys two strategies to prepare for it. Strategy number one, let's put it on the screen. I'm going to teach you what I call the try harder strategy. This is how um, you can prepare using the try harder strategy. Peyton, I'm going to give this one to you. So after service, you can come grab this dumbbell from me. You can take it home uh, with permission, the blessing of your parents, of course. Um, actually, actually, you can. This is Tanner's. But... Um, <laughs> Let's pretend you can. And, um, and then four times uh, a week, I want you to go into your room, grab this dumbbell, and this time when you try to lift it, I want you to try harder. 
Let me, let me, let me practice. Go ahead and uh, try this one more time. This time we're all going to chant try harder. You ready? You ready to grab this? And three, two, one, go. Try harder. Try harder. Try harder. Give it up for Peyton. I can tell you're definitely trying there. Well done. Way to try harder. Go home to try this uh, strategy and see how it works for you. Avi, for you, though, I have a different strategy. For you, I have a strategy I like to call train well. Here is a seven and a half pound dumbbell. I'm going to, I guess we're done with this guy for now. After service, you can come home and take this. Not really. And um, four days uh, a week, I want you to lift that seven and a half pound dumbbell as many times as you can until you get tired. Just like that, just like that. Uh, maybe four or five uh, sets per day, four days a week. Then when that gets um, lighter, it doesn't feel too hard anymore, you can let me know. I'll give you some more weight. And you can slowly build yourself up. You can do a regular, repeated action that will increase your strength. And when you're ready, you can grab that 25-pound dumbbell and give it another go. Now, uh, audience, let me ask you guys, which of these two do you think is going to be the first to succeed in our challenge? Try harder, Peyton, or train well, Abby? I'm thinking it's going to be Abby. Let's give it up for our two contestants. Well done, guys. You guys can't take a seat. I got some good news for us. Relationship with Jesus doesn't just have to look like trying to lift a heavier weight. Jesus, in his word, has offered us ways that we can train our souls for godliness so that when the moment of temptation comes or the moment of opportunity comes, our souls are ready because we have trained. We're going to briefly look at one more scripture that Paul uses to elaborate on this idea. He says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. Notice these words here. Notice the, oh, they didn't get highlighted. Notice the words, uh, runners, ru oh, no, there they are. I guess it's just too small. Um, in a race and so run, Paul describes us spiritually as athletes. Following Jesus is a race. Therefore, his conclusion is this. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Every athlete exercises self-control. I discipline my body. Following Jesus is a race, and as a result, it requires training. Is this going to be the way we approach following Jesus? Maybe this time if I just try harder and spin it a little differently, something will change? Or will we say, okay, God, I'm ready. Take me on a journey. Teach me to train well. One step at a time. So maybe there's a few of you who in this room are kind of tuning out at this point because you see someone curling uh, dumbbells on a stage and you're like, ah, I'm not an athlete. That image doesn't really work too well for me. Well, let me briefly suggest four others that illustrate the same point very simply.
Any of you out there, uh, musicians, like to play musical instruments into music? I see a few hands. How many of you um, think that a good strategy for becoming a great musician is sitting down at the piano or picking up the violin and trying harder? My guess is you know from firsthand experience, change requires training in instruments as well. Or those of you who like to play video games, if you were to compete in the um, Fortnite World uh, Championship coming up uh, to 2024, if your strategy was, I'm just going to go there and try my hardest when the time comes, my guess is you would know that's ridiculous. For something like a video game, I need to train. Maybe it's a profession, even a relationship, whether you know this or not. Basically, I would say every way you relate to a human being throughout your whole life is training you for the relationships that are ahead. Because who we become is so defined by how we train. So this is more than just um, in the realm of being an athlete. All of life, if we're honest, is about slowly becoming someone as a result of the way or the lack of training we are engaging in. So we've seen an image, well, I guess now a number of images, but one key image from Scripture as to what it um, looks like, what training and godliness is like. Um, now we're going to look at a few um, specific ways we can train for godliness. So how do we train for godliness? I would suggest most fundamentally, training for godliness begins with Scripture. Training for godliness, the starting point, not the only thing, but the starting point that's going to continue with us in all of our training is God's Word. Let's see what Paul also said to Timothy in a different text. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped from, for every good work. Training in righteousness, different phrasing, train yourself for godliness, begins with and is grounded in and is um, carried out through Scripture. Um, I'm going to kind of take a, take a few minutes to go through some different um, demographics of our church and discuss and just share some ways that people in our church are training themselves for godliness. Um, one way that a number of our young adults recently have been training themselves for godliness is by memorizing scripture, specifically um, larger chunks of scripture, like a whole psalm, a chapter of the Bible. So I'm, I'm going to share. I asked um, three people from our church to share um, what their experience of memorizing scripture has been like, and they wrote this. Michaela Rungi said this, who memorized Psalm 142. Memorizing scripture has helped me prepare for moments of stress or anxiety. Instead of ent uh, entertaining anxious thoughts, memorizing scripture has helped train me to remember the truth of God's word. It has helped me to learn to direct my heart and mind to the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything. Pray without ceasing. My friends, if this is our strategy, it's not going to work too well. But if we train ourselves by memorizing scripture, Real change is before us. Julia Phillips, my assistant in high school ministry, said this, Memorizing scripture has helped me better engage with the Lord in my daily life. It quiets and refocuses my heart so that I'm able to listen to him. And it reorients my mind so I'm ready to talk about him with others. Desire to be a witness for Christ at, at a secular workplace like Julia? Let me tell you guys, there's a better way. Train yourself for godliness. Maybe start 
by memorizing a chunk of scripture. So God's word is in your mind, guiding you throughout the day, preparing you when the door opens up. Or David Holberg, one of our young adults um, and one of our leaders in uh, young adult ministry said this, I memorized Psalm 23 by making a tune for the lyrics of this passage earlier this summer. This has helped the words stick in my mind and I find my heart singing it to myself often. Through this memorization, my soul is reminded of the ways our Lord takes care of me and teaches me to trust in him. Especially in times of need, this psalm confronts my heart, sorry, comforts my heart. While I was on a trip with some friends, we all memorized and recited Psalm 8 together. Since coming back from the trip, I have made an effort to continue reciting it to myself so I could keep it locked in. This psalm has taught me to remember God's great power and why it is actually good to submit to his will. It also helped me to remember uh, who God is, sorry, who God has made us to be, partners in his kingdom. If you desire to experience the life Jesus offers you, let me encourage you one great way to train yourself for godliness is to begin with scripture. That's fundamental. And one specific way you can do that is to memorize a chunk of the Bible. One of our high school students um, I'm really proud of has, uh, for this, uh, has um, been taking some serious strides in um, spending time with the Bible daily. So I'm super proud um, of Kellen Trim and the ways he's done that this year. So I think now it's time for Simple Stories with Kellen. The part of the sermon where Kellen comes up and shares a simple story. Come on up, Kellen Trim. I asked Kellen to share about what, this, uh, what reading the Bible daily has looked like in his life and what impact that has made on him. It's all you. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Kellen. Uh, we might need a little mic here. Yeah. Do we got a mic live? I didn't think about this part. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. Is that better? <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm Kellen. You may also know me as Beanie Boy or that guy with the pool stick. Um, yeah, um, my journey reading the Bible started right after Unleashed when Peter invited some people up for prayer uh, for like help reading the Bible daily. And I stood up and I got prayer and it was really cool. And then uh, Peter also sent me a um, Bible reading plan as an app where uh, I could basically like check off what I've read that day, and it was really helpful for me with my ADHD. Um, yeah. Crap. <laughs> Tell me a little more, how has that um, influenced you throughout the day, Kelly? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, if I, it's helped me, um, I've begun to shift my view on others, myself, and God. Like, um, I've begun to see people in a better light and I've been able to look past their annoying front nature. Um, and I've also noticed that when I read the Bible earlier in the morning, I feel a lot better throughout the rest of the day, and it's really uh, happifying or enjoying. I can enjoy the day better. And um, it's also helped me strengthen my relationship with God and I've been able to trust him more, in which I can, um, I can trust him 
and ask him for more help. And he's been able to help me with temptation and it's been really cool. Like, I've been able to not eat my Halloween candy all in one day. <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful for that. And as well as um, I was able to make God my foundation so that he can help me build my house on him. And even if all comes crumbling down, I can just fall back on him. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, so God has strengthened my relationship with him. And he has strengthened me as well as my relationship with him. And he has put other people in a better light through my eyes. And yeah, praise God. Let's give it up for Colin. I'm proud of you for many things, Kellen, um, this being certainly one of the big ones. Kellen specifically mentioned uh, moments of temptation. For honest, why don't we just pause real quick and think, man, what, what are those areas of temptation in my life? I look ahead at another year. I would love to overcome um, this sin struggle in my life. I would love to be prepared um, to act in the ways God has called me to, to not continue in ways that are destructive in my life. If our approach to um, 2024 is this, I'm afraid we're setting ourselves up for discouragement, failure. But if our approach is, man, what if I took up God's word every day? What if I started small and said, hey, for a few minutes every day, I commit, I will make sure to start my day with Jesus. And if it's only a couple minutes and I move on, that's okay. I celebrate the small um, success and make sure like this becomes a habit in my life. I am so convinced so much victory and joy and peace is ahead of us if we will decide to train ourselves for godliness. That often starts with scripture. One way some of our young families, um, Derek and Michelle have told me, are, are training the their families for godliness. Um, it has involved some sort of, uh, some staple rhythms, but a lot of it just takes place in daily life. Seeing, um, noticing something at the grocery store, passing by someone living on the street, being on a swing together, taking those opportunities to say, hey, how can we, as scripture says, teach our kids diligently, talk with them while you sit down about scripture um, in, the, in your house and while you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise looking for all the opportunities throughout normal life. Training ourselves for godliness doesn't just look like formal rhythms, though that is usually a helpful starting point. Um, it can take place in every moment of life. Um, I do want to say one last thing before we end, though. I, I imagine there may, be, um, there may be a feeling in our hearts that are like, okay, Peter, you're telling us that training ourselves for godliness is like hitting the gym. And in my experience, there's probably a lot of us who feel like this, I hate that. Are you telling me that the way I grow in my faith is just by like regularly working out and getting spiritually buff? Are you saying that if I like just read the Bible enough, if I just like put truth in my mind enough that that's it and that will change me if I just can figure out a rhythm? And I want to say yes and no. Yes, actually engaging with scripture daily has so much power to change our lives. But it is more than that because of the third thing I want to say, training ourselves for godliness depends on prayer. 
And what I mean, I guess why I say that in the way that I do, is training for godliness is far more than a spiritual workout. It's spending time with someone. It's opening up scripture and then opening up our heart for a moment of relationship with God. So for those of you who are like, oh man, are you just telling me to like spiritually work out? Um, I'm saying, well, yes. Um, But beyond that, this is a path to joy and peace and intimacy because training ourselves for godliness is relational. It doesn't just involve putting truth in my mind, though that is huge. It also depends on relational experience with God. I'll share one specific practice that's been helpful for me recently. Um, Raise your hand if you were at um, Kyle Strobel's um, teaching on prayer. That was a really significant weekend, I know, for for many of us. One of the things that um, Kyle Strobel, our speaker, mentioned, a specific practice of prayer, um, was what he called the prayer of recollection. It's a, a, a moment to detach from false identities and lies and pressure we put on ourselves, remind ourselves who we are in the presence of God, and then be more prepared to live like it. So something I've been doing um, every day when I start my work day, um, or I did this morning before preaching, is uh, on my wall I have two sheets of paper in my office that um, I do a few things, but the heart of it is telling myself in the presence of God this, at my core, I am not a good pastor or a bad pastor a great leader or a poor one, an engaging speaker, a shepherd or a person that everyone likes. None of those things define who I am. At my core, I am God's son, loved, honored, accepted by Jesus. That is who I am. And then I will pray something like, Lord, I present myself to you today. Help me to live as the man that I am. Thank you for making me new. And that simple practice of um, engaging relationally with God, um, I think has gone a long way in just leading to the kind of life and freedom that prepares me um, in the moment to to live with godliness, um, or at least in the moments that I succeed. I attribute a lot of that to moments of prayer. So um, training ourselves for godliness, yes, is about filling our mind with truth, but also it's about encountering a person, making space to engage relationally, uh, because training for godliness depends upon prayer. So my friends, we have a new year ahead of us, starting in a few hours. And I imagine there are many ways in our heart where we would long to experience the life and the victory and the joy, the peace, the freedom that God offers us. And I lay before us two paths. There's something better. We don't have to just spin our wheels trying harder. Jesus has offered us a a way of living a life that trains us for godliness, grounded in scripture, depending upon prayer. Will this year we decide, I'm just gonna try harder to change? Or will we say, God, here I am. Take me on a journey. Teach me to train for godliness. Father, I pray that you would do that, that you would teach us how we can train ourselves for godliness, how we can um, live lives filled with scripture, relationally engaging with you in prayer. Show us, Father. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our ushers are coming and uh, we'll receive our offerings at this time.